When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's a good start. I forgot to play the intro. Anyway, good evening, everybody, and welcome along to a very special Rangers Rabble Christmas night uh, spectacular, I could say. Um, the reason I wanted to come on and do this is that I'm not a very Christmas person. I'm not a bar humbug. I'm just not a very Christmas person, particularly when my kids are at their respective mothers, and they're all grown up now anyway. And I'm also very conscious that there's a number of people who would ordinarily watch or participate in the podcast that are on their own tonight because, like, we've got Mark stuck in the middle of the North Sea. We've got Brian, who is is there with his pussy. (laughs) And we've also got Davies jumped in to join us as well. There may or may not be other other guys joining us throughout the course of the evening. So, Brian, first of all, Merry Christmas. How are you, sir? Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to everybody else. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Yeah, Christmas is not my sort of scene recently. last few years, it's not been very kind family-wise, so I don't really look forward to it in that respect. So, yeah, it's just nice to jump on with you guys and chat over the Rangers. So, hope every, hope everybody else enjoyed their day. Mark, how's things in there? And I'll see. All good, mate. All good. Um, usually, I'd be half, half smug at the moment and uh, be at somebody's house or I'd have a house full. So, obviously, quite happy to jump on and, and uh, talk some talk some Rangers with you guys. Um, but yeah, it's all right. I'm very much a Christmas person. I love a bit of Christmas. Um, can I be getting a bit of old Michael Bublé's Christmas album on? So that's that's how our that's usually how I roll. But no, nah, it's good. I said Merry Christmas to you guys and Merry Christmas to everybody that's watching. Yeah, and Davey, what about yourself? How's your Christmas day been? 
Uh, it's been great, Wolf. I've managed to do what most men across the world can, and that's survive a Christmas day at the mother-in-law's. So it's been a really tremendous day here. And I would just like to say Merry Christmas to everybody viewing and Merry Christmas to every guy that's on the panel tonight. Yeah, again, I'm not sure if I said it at the start, but Merry, Merry Christmas to everybody that's watching. I hope you've all had a fantastic day, however you've spent it, with your family, without your family, at your mother-in-law's, at your father-in-law's, wherever. Um, and we didn't go to the, the mother-in-law's this year. The missus decided she wanted, she wanted a, a year in the house, me, her and the dog, which was fine. So, Brian, let's talk Christmas presents. Right, Cards on the table, I tell people not to get with them, so I get one or two little bits and pieces, so I'm, I'm out of this conversation. What did you get today that's Rangers-related that we can talk about on here? New PJs. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. New, new pyjamas, so I got them... I actually bought them a while ago. I completely forgot about them, as is uh, uh, Every's delivery expertise. It took a while to come, but eventually it did come, and I completely forgot about it. And yeah, I, I just totally forgot I'd ordered them, and here they were. So that was my that was my uh, sole contribution to as as far as Rangers uh, Christmas presents are concerned. So what else did you get that you can talk about that's clean? I basically I got a a bottle of whiskey from my brother, so that was the sole sum of my Christmas. So good stuff. Yeah, right, while happy. we're on the, the subject of presents, everybody in the chat, fire into the chat what you got and um, Rangers related for Christmas. I know what Mark got for a secret Santa because he's going to show us, aren't you, Mark? I am indeed. So just to just to put it in context, so offshore we all set a limit. Um 20 quid, 30 quid, I can't even really remember much of it. It's 20 or 30 quid, say, say it was 20 quid, right? So you've got 20 quid budget, you buy, you pick a name at a hat, you don't tell them they, you, uh, you you go and buy that person specifically a gift for Christmas, we come on the rig, we stick it on one place, and then 9 o'clock on Christmas Day, we all go, have a laugh, and everybody gets their secret Santa's dished at, and uh, it's usually a scream, usually, and I would say probably, 95% of the stuff that get dished out today, you probably couldn't tell anybody about or show pictures on the definitely not on the internet because it's just as you can imagine very, um, very male orientated uh, workplace. So it's just a scream, it's just a proper piss take. But somebody has uh, obviously knows who I am, knows what I do, knows I'm a Mad Rangers fan, and I got off obviously offshore, you all got a bunk. It's just generic bedspreads. It's just generic everything else. So somebody's just went and got me a single duvet bedspread for uh, for my crumbo. I said, that was my secret Santa. I got a bedspread. So that's me getting my very own bedspread now offshore. And they got me the annual. Look at that. I feel like I'm eight-year-old again. Absolutely brilliant. I was buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. So not only have I got a new Rangers bedspread, I've got the Rangers annual 2024. Over the moon, absolutely over the moon. Best, uh, best Christmas present I've had this year. Didn't even know we still did the annual, but I'll be rushing out. I'll be rushing out to buy that when I'm at Ibrox on Wednesday. I'll be heading into the into the store to buy that. I didn't even know we still did them. So, Davy, what did you get? Any rangers related presents from the mother-in-law today? Not free the mother-in-law, Wolf, but uh, the jumper that uh, I'm wearing the new. Uh, my brother purchased for me, so. Big shout out to my, my wee brother, Greg. Um, 
and as you can see, it's black. So for a guy like me that's carrying a wee bit of extra timber, even though it's castor, <laughs> it still it still matters when it's black. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the castor black stuff's really good. I've, as I say, I'm not really the, the Christmas present. I got a I got a, a cheese board, a few a few quid stuff like that, but it's just nothing nothing too startling. So Brian, you're the one that messaged me earlier and said was a serious when I uh, when I questioned the. Um, the rabble schedule for this week, and I went no Monday pod. And you asked, you messaged me earlier and said, Are you serious about doing one tonight? So, what are we going to talk about? Absolutely anything. Um, for anybody can fire questions in, we can come up with anything ourselves. It's literally how we will go on as long as we think we can go on and speak, Rangers, because that's what we do best. Well, I've got, I've got however long Strictly come dancing to the telly because she's watching that on catch up. So, that was that was a caveat. She says, what time's that on? I said, look, it clashes with the uh, the Italian job. So I'll watch the Italian job. Then at seven o'clock, we'll come up to speak to the lads and you can just watch the thing and catch up. So that was a that was a, that was a good that was a good deal. So Mark, tell us a bit more about, about Christmas on the on the rig then. What's uh, what's the deal? I noticed you fired in some uh, rather nice pictures of food earlier on. Food's outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um Different, depending on where you are, different. Um, I've been in places where you've literally you get you get two hours, you get two hours to have your Christmas dinner, and you're right back at it, right back working. Everybody, everybody's the same. You you uh, you get a quick dinner, a quick kind of taste of Christmas, and then boss, you're straight back at it, back to your twelve hour shift. Um, on here's slightly different. Some places you go are great. Some places will give you the full day off. Some places, as I said, you'll get a half day. Some will give you a couple of hours. On here, we've had the full day off, which is absolutely fantastic. As I said, I've been doing this for 20... I think this is me getting into my 27th year next year. Um, and some places are good. Some places are fantastic. This is really, really good here. Um, the food and the chefs are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's quite hard. I put a post on my, on my Facebook um, just saying, like... I put put the, the same. I stuck the, the videos in that in um, into the the group chat we use guys just to kind of show you the spread that they put on, and it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's it's amazing. You guys have seen the forties. It's the the things that these guys do is is outstanding, and it's quite hard. As I said, a lot of the boys offshore, like myself, young kids, um, away from their families, hundreds of miles away, middle of the North Sea. And and it's sometimes it's a hard time of the year for for us guys, but they they really really make up for it uh, out here. We had a so day off today. Some of us obviously need to the, the kind of um, the kind of safety critical roles still need to work, so they still need to be where they need to be. So guys in the control room and stuff like that. So we'll try and rotate them out and try and give them as much time off as possible. But what will happen is we will. Um, Usually I'm 66, so 6 in the morning, 6 at night, that's my shift pattern, 12-hour shifts, 7 days a week while I'm here. So I do 14, 12-hour shifts. Um, today, we I'll tell you what, last night what happened was Christmas Eve, we get knocked off um, early. So we come in uh, for quarter to five. We usually get our dinner at half six. So our dinner was half five last night. We come in at uh, quarter to five. We had bingo, believe it or not, five or a, five or a shot. Um, bingo at uh, five o'clock. So you believe how how much how funny it is when you when you're doing daft stuff like that, just the the camaraderie and stuff like that. So as I said, bingo last night. Um, we had 
Uh, we're dinner at half five. Steak dinner. So you had fillet steak. What else? Fillet steak, lamb shank, um, and all the trimmings and stuff like that. They've got they've got non-alcoholic beer. They've got uh, uh, brew dog. They've got um, non-alcoholic Guinness, non-alcoholic Beck's, non-alcoholic Heineken. Um, so it feels like it's a bit of Christmas. It feels like it's a, uh, you get a day off. So this morning we all had a long lie. No breakfast at all. Brunch was at 10 o'clock. Full spread. All sorts. I mean, the boys, catering boys on here done an absolutely fantastic job. We had a, a, a big brunch. All you can eat, bacon, sausage, uh, bagels, um, muffins, uh, you name it, was on. Absolutely fantastic. So the boys filled their boots. We take it easy. We do games. So there's like pool competition, pool, darts. We've even got one of these simulated shooting games. Um, so lots and lots of lots and lots of stuff like that. Um, all throughout the day, competitions, tournaments. You, if you win, you get I think it's forty quid or fifty quid if you win the tournament. Um, four o'clock, done for our dinners. I said I've showed you the spread. Outstanding turkey, ham, um, um, beef rib. Just outstanding, absolutely fantastic. Fill your boots again. The uh, catering crew, what they do is they serve you your, your starter. So they'll come and get your starter, get your drink. And then once you've had your starter on that, you, you nip up and get what you want. You want a bit of everything, you can have a bit of everything. If you want to have a bit of everything, sit down, eat it, and then go back up and have another bit of everything, by all means. And what generally happens is once all the guys have, have um, had, their, had their meal, what we'll do is a few of us will hang back and help the catering crew, so when they sit down, we'll serve them their, their, their starters and stuff like that, and bits and bobs, and and help them out, and then obviously we'll go in and help them, help them clear away, do the, do the uh, plates, and wipe down the tables and all that for them as well, so, and the rest of that, just finishing off all the competitions, everybody kind of lounging about, taking it easy, eating sweeties, to, to come out with ears. so, as I said, I know it sounds amazing, but it kind of takes your mind off the fact that everybody else is all sitting with their family, all sitting having a, having a drink, or sitting having a having good times, seeing their kids' faces in in Christmas morning, and that really you cannot put a cannot put a price on that. So as I said, you guys that have that have all, all experienced that uh, this morning, that's absolutely fantastic. As I said, obviously we've been spoiled today, but it's no. I would I would give give all that up in a heartbeat to be home just to see the kids' faces in the morning. So as I said, it's still be back Christmas away tomorrow. We're right back in it, um, back to work. And like like nothing's ever happened, and that's that's it done and dusted for another year. We will do the same on um, on New Year as well. We'll have probably New Year's Day. We'll maybe get New Year's Day off as well. So and we'll have a nice meal and stuff like that as well. But so see, that's that's just how it is. It's part and parcel. I have done. I have worked to the last. I think probably in the last seven Christmases, I worked maybe five of them. So the way my rotor works, if you're rotored on, that's it. You're, you're working and there's nothing much you can do about it so but my rota I'm, I'm off for the next three so I'm over the moon with that but they said any questions anybody wants anybody in the chat wants to ask anything uh, feel free fire away I'm happy to answer any question anybody wants to anybody wants to fire my way oh, well, I didn't I didn't realise you would get you get the day off that's that's fantastic you get to you know you get to do it obviously missing your family Probably. and stuff like that a yeah. little bit Davey, while Mark was going on telling us about the, the life offshore, which didn't go down too well with everybody, but that's just the way it goes. And somebody made a comment, it is a bit more of a random ramble. Well, it is, because we're just talking about anything. We've got no set agenda, no just just whatever. 
Um, Pedro Mendes made a comment. You got a couple of tickets for the game on Wednesday, which is fantastic. Brilliant Christmas Christmas gift to get. But he referenced the ticketing system, which is an absolute pile of bollocks. Well, that's it, Wolf. There's many things in the club over the last few years that have improved, but it's quite clear to see that there still some way to go to improve everything at the club to make everybody happy. But we've got that larger fan base that you're never going to make everybody happy, unfortunately, in the situation that we are. The ticketing office, you know, even the way it used to be when it was the balloting system and everybody used to get their standard four or five games a year, that at the point in time didn't make everybody happy. My Jers is a very contentious uh, thing for Rangers fans, unfortunately. And again, I don't think it's a perfect system. But, I mean, it's great that uh, the guy who is named as Pedro Mendes will be attending the game on Wednesday. But I think the club could still go a way to sort of improving that link between supporter base and, you know, ticketing. Because if you get the fans on side, you know, it's a massive thing for the club. As you can see across the city at the moment, things aren't very succinct, um, shall we say, in the East End of Glasgow at the moment. But we are sort of together and probably the most together we've been as a club since I can remember, um, since probably Gerard's last full season at the club. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah, Brian, go back to the, the, the ticketing system because we don't really want to, you know, labour too much on it. But I believe there's a new ticketing system. They keep telling us it's coming in. They said for the, if I believe it right, the season ticket, the Yule time, which is normally kind of end of March, beginning of April. And it's supposed to be Ticket Geek. I believe. Do you know anything about them? Ever used them? Do you know anything about them? I've heard of it. I've never used it before, so it'll be a new one for me. But um, yeah, just going on the, the this ticket and stuff. I mean, it's been a long time coming. This um, I think a lot of fans have been bleating for a long time that the the fact that they have to can't buy like all their. No, Brian seems to Brian seems to have stuck. He's obviously. Uh... Not fed, not fed the hamster enough or fed the hamster too much. Pain. So, oh. Sorry, it's just a bit of a pain for everybody. They can't do everything at once. They've got to do it each individual match. They've got to buy it individually. So hopefully now with this new system that they can buy anything at the same time, like little tick boxes, and get it all done in a one. Because it is a pain having to go in, out, in, out, having to buy an individual ticket for an individual game and like for a, you know, wanting to apply for match away match tickets and stuff. So hopefully once the system's in, you only have to go in once and buy what you want in that one go, and then that'll be it. Because that's, to me, that makes more sense than, you know, that makes the, the most sense, let's be honest. Yeah, for me, it's a pain in the ass. You have to go in and, like, for example, the other day there, my GS members got um, got emails to apply for Hibs and apply for Dumbarton. And you had to yeah. kind of go in and out and in and out, and you're pressing buttons and you're all over the place. And it's just... Yeah. It's not a user-friendly system, but we know that. So hopefully the seat geek when it comes in. Um, you know, if it comes in, and hopefully it can uh, it'll work a, a lot better. So while we're on the subject, um, Mark, you asked for questions. I know you were possibly talking about the offshore stuff, but uh, Paul McGarrigal is asking a question for the guys. I'll start with you, Mark. Are we looking for a striker? How would you guys feel I if it was Van Veen? Because oh. there's been some chat that Van Veen's available. I read today that he's actually back in Scotland for whatever reason. I don't know if he's got family here or whatever, but 
Um, I would, I would personally say we're looking for a striker. But what do you think? Not a chance, Van Green. No way. I would say we're definitely looking for two strikers. I would say at least two strikers. Um, no, Van Veen, sorry, no. I know, I know he's, um, I know he had a good season, but he had three relatively poor seasons before that. So, no, sorry, sorry. Andy's what, 31? Not a chance. Well, it's 33 um, now, actually. I don't, it's 32. Is he? There you are, that's even worse. So, I, I, that's even more of a no. Um, no, I think for me, the kind of rumour mill is, um, Fabio, is it Fabio Silva, the, the Portuguese boy? I don't know if he's he's kind of cut out frame-wise and, and uh, attributes-wise to, to come into the Scottish game and get kicked lumps out of by a big a big uh, ginger-headed centre-half with no front teeth. I don't know if he's, he's the type that's going to stand up to that. Um, another one's Shankland, which is, which is a, a kind of contentious split between... The, the yeses and the noes. So, Shankland, yes, I would take Shankland in a heartbeat at the right price. I think that if the silly money that they're talking about, no, sorry. Um, I don't think, I don't think we should be held to ransom by anybody. Um, if we get them a decent price, i.e. a la, a la two and a half million plus um, Lowry, I wouldn't be over the moon with that, but I would still say, right, okay, that deal done. I'll shake your hand, yeah, because that he might score us the goals that can win the league. But um, for me, he's no, he's no what I'm looking for in a Rangers striker moving forward. I don't think we're going to get three, three, four a year at him and sell him on and make a profit because at the end of the day, that's what we need to do as a club, uh, whether you like it or you don't like it. Um, I think the big boy Silva. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Six foot four. Meant to be, I think at one point they were talking about him, he was meant to be the next uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. So um, they paid £35 million for him. Um, I don't think he's going to cut it at the uh, in the premiership level. He's had a couple of half-decent loans. Um, possibly might be a good shout for him. Bring him in, he's a decent calibre. Um, for the amount of, amount of chances he's probably going to get at Rangers, yes. I think... For us moving into Europe, yes. Whether he's cut out to, like I said earlier, um, playing against a big centre half with ginger hair that's six foot four, and just going to kick him up and down the park. I don't know if he's he's up for that. But hence the reason why I think that probably Shanklin's probably a good call if you're going to bring this big boy in, bring somebody that knows the game and can score you goals. So for me, that's a decent balance. Whether it will happen or no, speculation. But listen, we wouldn't have a podcast if there was a speculation. So for me, Van Veen, absolutely not. Um, no, never in a month of Sundays. Uh, but I take the big boy Silva, as I said, maybe no with the chance of him looking to shine in in a uh, in the Scottish game, but possibly looking leaning more towards Europe and try to bring him on. And Shanklin also to kind of 
uh, complement him as well. So for me, they two would be a good addition. But we definitely need this, uh, definitely at least two strikers. I would say at the very, very least amongst others. So I mean, if you want to start speculating regarding um, who else we're going to, who else we need, what positions we need, if guys get your get your comments in. Right, Davy, I'm coming to you about Lawton Shanklin in a wee minute. Uh, but like, shout out to William Reynolds who said, "Good evening, gentlemen. Spending Christmas alone. Didn't know he's were on. Good stuff." Uh, William, we didn't know we were on till a couple of hours ago. I did kind of jokingly suggest it the other day, and then Brian came back to me and said, let's just do it. It is for primarily for guys like yourself who are spending it on their own uh, because we know it's not a, not a fun place to be times like this, so welcome along. So, Davey, Lawrence Shanklin. There's lots and lots of comments in the chat about Lawrence Shanklin being a good shout. My good friend Arthur Rogie speaking the uh, sense for a change in Perth. That's Perth, this side of the channel, not Perth across in Sunny Acclimbs in Australia. Saying it'd be a good shout in January. Now, I've got a theory about Lawrence Shanklin, right? Now, listen to this, because this is a bit complicated, right? The reason I don't think we can get Shanklin is because Hearts will want £5 million for him. Right? And the reason they'll want £5 million for him is that's what he's worth to them, because he could fire them to third place, which is a European place, which is £5 million in their bin, right? The other reason I think he would possibly want to stay at Hearts as he knows he can score goals for them. And if he keeps scoring goals for them, he goes to the Euros. If he leaves Hearts and goes anywhere and it doesn't work, he doesn't go to the Euros. So from a personal point of view, he might not want to leave. But I don't think we'd get him for less than £5 million because that's what he's worth to Hearts. Well, my take on it, Wolf, is simply this. Uh, you know, if it's £5 million, it's, it's a no. Yeah, that, that's too much outlay. Uh, we've been scorned already through the summer transfer window in regards to, you know, paying upwards of three, 3.5 million for the likes of Lammers and Dessers in terms of value for money. If we take Dessers in isolation, yes, last couple of games, it looks as if he's maybe coming on to a game. But for the outlay that we paid for Dessers at the age he is, there's no sell, sell on value there or return. And Shanklin is the same age as Dessers. So if if it's anything upwards of north of three million pounds, then it's a no for me for Shanklin. But to counter your argument there, well, and then it must be an interesting conversation in your house, considering who your missus supports. <laughs> but I, I certainly think that um, Shanklin would would walk over broken glass to to join Rangers. I don't think that would be an issue. The issue would be as it always is in Scottish football, as we've seen back to the times when we tried to sign Scott Allen, there's a tax, a Rangers tax, when we look to buy, you know, guys from the league. Um, and and whether that's fair or unfair or whatever, there's certainly some truth to that argument. I certainly think perhaps Lewis Ferguson, who is strolling it in Serie A at the moment, would be a Rangers player than now if it wouldn't be for a potential Rangers tax, you know, in terms of Aberdeen wanting to do business with Rangers. So that's the thing. Everybody hates us, but you know what? We'll revel in that and we should draw sort of some sort of siege mentality uh, with that going forward. And to touch on another point, I think we've got the right manager at the helm now that will galvanise everybody under the same banner. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, Brian, Brian uh, James Quinn saying he'd much prefer Mayovsky over Shanklin. Now, I've said the same 
simply because Mayovsky's a lot younger now. I got shot down on the phone in the last Monday because, as somebody rightly pointed out, we can't sign everybody with a view to sell them on. As Mark says, you know, Van Veen, 33 years old, no, no resale value. Sign Shanklin at 28, 29, three or four year contract, no real resale value. Sign Mayovsky at, what is he, 25? He's got a resale value, but not everybody you sign is going to have a resale value. So, would you take Mayovsky? Hypothetically, Shanklin's going to cost five for the reasons that I reckon he might cost five. Mayovsky's going to cost three. Would you take Shanklin? Over Mayovsky, would you take Mayovsky over Shanklin? Would you, would you give them both a buy? Hmm. I mean, the problem you've got is Shanklin's got a contract till 2026. Shanklin's is up in 2025. So you could probably argue that Hearts have got their, this is their last chance saloon to sort of get a decent price for for Shanklin. Because let's be honest, when, when you've only got a year to go, um, clubs usually, you know, because... They're 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 either going to keep them and let their contract run down, or they're going to sell them for as high as they can. So it's going to be a difficult one for Hearts if somebody does come in in, in January and swings a a few million quid at them. Um, Melsky or I mean, I, we're in need of a guy who's just a pure finisher, and Shankland is that. I don't think Melsky. I think Melsky's probably a better all round player, but I think Shankland is a an out and out finisher. Um. And for me, we haven't had a, an out-and-out finisher probably since Boyd. So we need somebody that's going to get 20, 25, even 30 goals. You know, we need guys like that again. We haven't had a guy score in the 20s for many, many years. And it's not good enough for a club like us to have a guy or to have nobody score 20-plus goals. Not even uh, Morelos, when he was playing his best, had 20 league goals. So uh, for me, we've got to get somebody who's a... Out, out, yeah, Bob has said there, Cholak was a finisher. Yeah, he was. But we, but Beal decided to get rid of him. So um, we we need an out and out striker for the SPL. That's the bread and butter. Um, but but Brian, what, what you've got to remember about Lauren Shanklin. Shanklin scored twenty plus last season. He's the first Hearts player to score twenty goals in thirty years. So he's exactly. only done it one season. So true. You know, we wants to see wants to see he'll do it again. True, but he's he's Scottish, as I think as Alan said in the chat as well. So, you know, adding the homegrown quote as well. So we we just need a guy that's going to get us twenty plus goals because every team that wins a league needs a guy that's going to do that, and I think Shankland's that guy. Mark, that's another thing the the home the homegrown thing with this um, European rule from from through the week there that I caught a little bit of. Apparently, the homegrown rule's been deemed illegal. So are you are you ever going to bend that? You just you just don't know, do you? But I mean, if it's deemed illegal, then. I think they might. I don't know whether that um that maybe help us. I don't know whether I don't know whether it helps. I mean, obviously we've struggled with it. Uh but for me, it's something that us as fans get our get our knickers in a twist about. See, for me, that's something that let the fucking no, excuse my lines, let the let the, the, the guys behind the scenes deal with that. I couldn't care less. It pickles my brain trying to figure out who's he and is he eligible? Is he no eligible? Who we got? Try to count in my fingers who's all Scottish, British based and, and eligible to play for us. Not. I'm just interested in who's playing in the park. I love the guys in the park playing football. That whole, same as this, is everybody gets their knickers in a twist about, um, about budgets and wage budgets and this and that. See if we can afford the wage budget. I couldn't care less if the wage budget is 400 million. As long as we can afford to pay it, who cares? Why would we, we need to reduce the wage budget? I don't care. Make it as high as you want, as long as we can afford to pay it. 
I couldn't care less. Um, so for me, it's the exact same, exact same thing with us. This, this uh, let the boys that need to worry about it, worry about it. I'm a hundred percent sure they know what they're doing. I'm a hundred percent sure that they will make sure that we have the right amount of people that we have got for the for the the places. Um, Shanklin Jess brings in another Scottish based player, absolutely smashing. Uh, and and a Scottish based player that will be in the first team squad. So rather than supplementing it with young guys, so yeah, it's it's a win win as far as I'm concerned there, but. I'm not going to get too caught up in wage budgets and and European how many how many homegrown players we've got and stuff like that. That for me, I could care less. Not interested. Absolutely not interested. Um, but everybody seems to get their knickers in a twist about it, and I can't I can't get my head around why. There's obviously somebody somewhere that that is their job to look at that and see right. And, I, and I'm 100 percent sure if it gets to a stage where we go, we're struggling here. I'm 100% sure they'll know about it, so I'm not going to uh, waste my time worrying about it. Let somebody else worry about it. Yeah, Davey, we've got uh, we've got Neil Coppin coming in starting next week as the, the um, was he the, the director of football recruitment? So he's the man that's going to be fo- solely responsible for the recruitment, as it says in the job title. So do you think that he's given that he's coming from? I think he's coming from from Holland. Do you think? Oh, sorry, the Netherlands. So we don't upset anybody in. in in the Netherlands, is watching because Holland's only part of the Netherlands, I believe. Um, do you think he'll ha- he'll maybe have people he'd maybe sneak as a gem that nobody's ever heard of that we haven't really thought about? Because I me, mean, Morelos came out and over, nobody knew who he was when Jonathan Johansson sort of said, "Look, sign this guy for a million quid." Well, you've got to hope that's the case going forward. Um, I think the board have took a lot of stick over the last couple of years, and at the moment, it looks like we certainly got the right manager. So you like to think that there was due process uh, took place in terms of, um, you know, the recruitment process of the director of football model. And we've decided to split the role. And with Coppin coming in, he's got a track record in scouting and progressing all the way through to head of recruitment. And as you can see, since he came to PSV, for example, they got Singari from the French League, and then they've punted him for, what, upwards of £40 million to Nottingham Forest. So uh, uh, he's got a proven track record, and that's what we're looking for. I think we were so down the garden path when it came to Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson was this sort of, you know, messiah that was painted to us from the Scottish media when he was heralded as Rangers director of football. But if you look at Ross Wilson's body of work, it doesn't sort of compete uh, with, you know, the way Coppin turns over players. And at Rangers, that's what we're needing because our sort of player trading model has, well, it's had three gems in terms of, you know, you look at Aribo, and I still think we could have got more money for Aribo, but Bassey and Nathan Patterson, that's all we've really had since we've surfaced back to the top league. We need to be turning out three or four players a year, I think, you know, to really sort of make an impact. And I, I certainly think Coppin's got the the history that will back that up and he, he, he might find us a niche. And as you'll, you'll see going forward, there'll, there'll always be hits and misses, but I like to think that his success rate will be a lot higher than we've had recently. Right, Brian, there's a, there's a potentially controversial one from Do One. Mark Allen was far better than Ross Wilson. Brian. Probably was. Probably was. 
I'm just having a wee think about it. He probably was. Um, he, I mean, Mark Wilson, uh, Mark Allen probably got the guts of the the team together to you know go on and win the leagues. So Mark Allen probably had a bigger job than sort of uh, Ross Wilson had because the majority of it was already there when Wilson appeared on the scene. Um, I would say, well, Mark, you could, was he horrendous? Goldson, Tav? You know, he, he got all those guys in and started the spine of, you know, of what we all thought we were going to go on and do. Um, I wouldn't say he was horrendous. I think he was pretty decent getting some of the guys that we got in for, for buttons, you know. So, you know, I... You could argue they they both weren't great, but I would say Mark Allen was probably better than Ross Wilson. Yeah, I'll throw this one at you for Ross Wilson, and I'm not sticking up for Ross Wilson, right? This is just one that makes me, that I still thinks I've no idea how he did the deal, right? Malik Tillman, we got a million pound for giving him back to, to a club that already owned him, and we're going to get one point two million when PSV sign him. That's yeah. sure. That's surely that's the best deal that Ross Wilson did for Rangers. Absolutely, yeah. How he's done that, I've no idea. <laughs> I've never seen that done in any sort of champ manner football managers I've played. So it must be a new thing that's appearing on the scene as far as, uh, you know, transfer deals for, you know, how it's structured and stuff. But um, I've never, never even heard of that sort of the way. Oh, Brian's, Brian's internet's away again. So, Mark, if you're still, if you're still with us, uh, yeah. Alan, Alan Brown, a lot of talk of Connor Barron coming from Connor Barron, I can't even say his name, coming from Aberdeen. Do you know anything about the lad and what do you think about him if you do? I've, I've, I know very little. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know him inside out. I know very little. I know he's, he's, he's a decent talent. He's been capped to another 21's level. Um, probably going to get him if we get him. We're going to get him for either buttons or we're going to get him free. So, um, I think good addition, especially at this point in time where we do not have any central midfielders fit. So um, I think that uh, he's probably suffered with the fact that he's um, he's probably not getting in the side because he's running his contract in, um, or he would be playing. I think he, he, he was a good player for for, um, for Aberdeen. So as I said, why not? We all spoke about a young Scottish player with with. We've turned one nose up at a lot of young Scottish players over the last kind of two, three year, and uh, they've all went on to be absolutely smashing players. So, for the uh, for the money that that you're probably going to get them for either free or if you get go for them in January, for me it's a no brainer. Wages wise as well, young boys not going to be in stupid money either. Um, so for me it's a it's a very 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 low risk to, to go and bring them in. Um, and if he flourishes, good. If he doesn't. No harm, no foul. We're no, uh, we're no breaking the bank from. So I think it's uh, it's a decent bit of business. I think it's something that we probably should be doing a lot more of. Um, but that is what it is. As I said, I, I don't know too much about him. I think he's he's a, he's definitely um, one of these workhorses. Um, got a bit about him, midfield wise. Plenty of bite, plenty of dig. What you'd expect from a from a a, a Scottish uh, central midfielder. So. Yeah, as I said, I see it as a no-brainer. It's a it's a win-win. Um, young boy, uh, if he if he kicks on, brilliant. If he doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, there's a few a, a couple of guys in the comments saying Aberdeen won't do business with us. Well, Aberdeen would be foolish not to if we are after him because I believe the lads out of contract in the summer. So it as could be one of those sign him, in the summer. Sign, sign him on a pre-contract and offer them 
offer them sweetie well, money talk, for him in January, and if they say no, that's fine, he just sits there. They'll freeze him out. The talk is a talk is it's a pre-contract anyway. We've already it's already been done. Yeah, so well, because even, even because of that rumor, yeah, the Aberdeen fans are up in arms already. If that because they've heard that rumor, you know what I mean. So if that is the case, then surely we just offer Aberdeen a couple hundred grand and take the boy off our hands because they won't use him because the fans won't allow it. So, Davey, before we go, a question that's just that's just come up there that's for, for all of us that I'm going to want to hit everybody with. This was asked to me, but I don't know when they're about the lads, so it's coming your way from Paul McGarrigal. Paul's a very, very, very loyal member of the, the channel. He's on he's on here all the time. Uh, would you take Josh Doyle get left back on loan with an option to buy in the summer for £3 million? I don't know where the, where the, the £3 million is coming from, but would you take Josh, Josh Doyle on loan? Well, I don't know if I'd take him on loan, but if it was a long-term prospect, I certainly would. When he was at Hibs under the, you know, the Gerard fifty-five season, he was the player that was impressing me most in Scottish football. He's an attacking fullback. You know, he overlaps. He can cross a ball. He's got a good range of passing, and he's tough in the tackle. So for me, he's everything that you would look for in a player. Certainly at domestic level, whether he can go to that, you know, you know, Europa League, Champions League, beyond that, fair enough. But certainly in our league, do I think he's a better player than perhaps Greg Taylor that's at Celtic? Yes, I do. So if a deal can be done and it's the right money, I would. But whether it be a loan deal, the problem with us is we've got Barisic who's out of contract in the summer and we've got Yilmaz on a heavy long-term contract. And, and, and you kind of want to turn a profit on Yilmaz. He's not had enough game time that you think we will return a profit. He's flattered to deceive at times. Sometimes you look at him and he, he's had a great game. And then sometimes you look at him and you kind of think that it's your nine-year-old nephew that's playing with your mates beside you. You know, there's just... I have major questions still about whether Yilmaz will, will, will make it long-term at Rangers. If a deal can be done where we get at least our money back, then I certainly would be one that would go for Doig. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Unmute. Mute. Schoolboy error, Jeff, what dare you, mate? Look at that, schoolboy error. That's because I was having, a, that's, that's I was having a, wee, a wee coffin fit there. I thought I'd better go unmute so I didn't deafen you. So, Brian, coming to you with a question, me and Hamilton, let's get off the... Off the speculation, because I'm not really big on touching too much of speculation. Question for you all. Who are your top five ever non-Rangers players in your lifetime? In no in no particular order. Now, I don't know if that's top five players in Scotland or just top five players. So, Brian, your top five players in your lifetime. Maradona. I think that's quite an easy one. He can't be not in the top five. Um, I think R9, Ronaldo. The purest number nine you'll ever ever get. Um, if he was one-on-one against you, you find he was scoring it. It was quite simple. Uh, I think Ronaldinho was another one of my favourites. He could do things with a football that most people can only dream of. Um, to get a standing ovation at the 
the the burnabout in a classical for Barcelona. That says it all for me. That's a, a great thing. Uh, Batistuta at Fiorentina, Roma, Argentina. Um, he was one of my favourite players of all time. Um, used to watch the Football Italian Sunday mornings, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, and oh, just loved it. And my final one would have to be... I always liked Rude Hulot for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it was because he scored in that Euros final for the, the Dutch or the top, the shirt that he wore that day, the, the great Dutch top that's regarded as the best in the world. But um, yeah, that's my top five, quite simple. Can I fling in, well, fling in one wee curveball as well and then end there? Who's your honourable mention that you've seen live? Raquel me. Honourable mention that you've seen live, Ra- Raquel, Raquel me. Played us, played against us uh, for Villarreal. I think he was 60% fit and he absolutely destroyed us. I was there that game. Outstanding. I'd love to have I'd love to have seen him in his full, like hundred percent fit and just yeah. He did us that night. Right, he was Mark, right, Mark. Flows all years, Mark, you might. I'm glad I'm glad you went. I am thinking to myself, I'm glad you went to Brian first because it gave me time to think about it because it's a proper question. And I've still I'm still struggling. So this is probably going to be off the cuff. I'm going to agree with Brian all time. Number one for me um, is going to be Maradona. Things that Maradona could do with the ball, just mesmerising. Just um, what a, what a talent, God-given talent. Just outstanding, absolutely outstanding. What a player. Um, another one, probably Zidane. Zidane was just one of those, you, you watch him, it's just, it just glides. It just Everything looked easy. And when you see when you watch a player that everything looks dead easy and it looks dead simple and he just kind of, it's not as if he's touching the ground, he just kind of glides. You know that it's a proper player. Um, Zidane, things he could do with a ball, passing ability, shooting, could tackle, was hard as nails as well. A lot of people don't get that. Uh, say that, hard as nails. Absolutely hard as nails and, and proper nasty with it as well. I think probably if you look at a modern footballer all round, probably one of the best footballers that could do absolutely everything. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, defender, Barese, for me. You you're saying about you watched it. Barese was just different class. What a what a defender. Same again, could do everything. Absolutely everything. Um, you could have stuck him in midfield, they wouldn't have looked at a place. You could have stuck him at number 10, they probably wouldn't have looked at a place, but never would have come near him because they were all terrified of him because he was absolutely hard as nails. Um Try to think. That's what's that three. Um, whoa. Struggling R nine as well. I mean, you can't. You really can't see past R nine. What a what a fantastic talent. I mean, the man. See when you watch him, and, and and probably for the younger ones as well. See if you jump onto YouTube and watch him. We were we were lucky to see him in games live and stuff. And and if you go and watch him, jump on YouTube and go and watch the proper R nine. It looks as if he's in fast forward. It's just bizarre when you watch it. It honestly looks as if he's in fast forward because he was that quick. And it wasn't even just that quick at running. His feet were that quick. His thought process was that quick. His turns were that quick. It was just like, and you watch some, even you watch back some clips, it was unplayable. It was absolutely unplayable. And and I think it was Dave that said it's like, uh, it, was like a, it was like a wee boy watching a wee boy play with your mates, it used to look like the opposite. It used to look like a professional footballer playing against wee boys because that's how good he was. Um, 
fantastic, absolutely fantastic player. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be right up there that's 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 um, really really shone for me. Um, some brilliant players. I mean, you could go on and on and on about players and how good and um, top five. Another one. So I'm looking for one more. One more would probably be. I think maybe Van Basten, Marco Van Basten. What a player that man was. Goal goal scorer, everything. I mean, just, and he was a proper machine as well. He was just an absolute unit, an absolute unit. What a machine. Somebody's put in Del Piero there as well. Pirlo probably came to mind as well. I think probably Van Basten. A lot of people never seen him because he was only there for, I mean, his career was cut so short, but... It was just a monster. It, it quite similar to like kind of only Haaland. Maybe maybe if you see if you, Haaland had had more skill and more flair. I don't know if you would agree with that. That was the kind of it was like a proper machine, and it was just a goal scoring machine, same as Haaland was. That's kind of if I was talking to somebody that was young, probably that's kind of category I would put him in. I put him in Haaland. Haaland with probably Bergkamp's touch, if that makes sense. Um, just a absolutely fantastic goal scorer. Um, Memorable a couple of cup. You said it, Brian. For me, memorable uh, mention or honourable mention, Raquel me. Raquel me was, I mean, one of the, one of the best displays I've ever seen live. Another person, uh, just quickly as well, honourable mention because you've already mentioned Raquel me. Somebody said it there, Mendieta. Mendieta for Valencia against Rangers. What a player that man was as well. As I said, exact same as as Raquel me. They don't. I don't think they make players like that anymore. I really don't. It's it's, it's an absolute dying breed. But what a same as I said. See them live. I was at the game against Valencia, and it was just head and shoulders, absolute head and shoulders. And it, see when you see players like that, it's an absolute privilege to be able to say that you've seen them live. Um. So as I said, Raquel me and um, Mendieta. Yeah, for me, Gates Mendieta is probably the best I've ever seen at Ibrox against Rangers. He was just different class that night. So. Davey, I think you're slightly younger than the boys, so this might be a bit more up to date for some of the, the younger <laughs> listeners, because it is players players that you've seen in your lifetime, so go on then, top five. Uh, no, no problem at all. Uh, so I'll start off with honourable mentions, the guys that haven't made my team. I'm going to start off with Eric Cantona. Uh, I thought he was a fantastic player. You know, could link the play, could finish. Um, you know, his career should have went on a lot longer than it did. But when he was at the top of his game, fantastic player. Dennis Bergkamp, who scored the best goal that I have ever seen at France 98. The pass for Frank De Boer, the, the touch, the control. I think he puts it through Ayala's legs and then sticks it with outside his boot in the top corner. Fantastic goal. Quarterfinal of World Cup. Amazing goal. And then my last honourable mention somebody who was very close to getting in my team uh, but didn't, um, I'm going to have to say Francesco Totti, who was like Roma all his days, could play anywhere, any position, fantastic touch, fantastic finish, just an all-round quality football player and a legend of the game. So those are my three honourable mentions. And for my top five, I'm just going to name it as a five-a-side team. So I'm going to go Buffon and goals, Paolo Maldini at the back, a midfield two, a Maradona and Zidane, and up front are nine. 
There's not a lot beating that, to be fair. That's that's a tremendous team, tremendous five-a-side team. Um, I know they're wanting me to stick in. Now, if it's if it's in my lifetime, I can go to a lot of players that I didn't see that I can only go on reputation. Um, so I'm not going to do that because reputation means nothing. So I'll talk about players that I've seen but not necessarily seen live, which I think was what the, the question was alluding to. So for me, it's got to be R9. R9, best, best, probably the best striker I've ever seen. Absolutely tremendous. Original Ronaldo. Um, just different gravy. Um, I'd put Mendy in there. I know a lot of boys give them an honourable mention. I just thought he, he was an absolutely class player, Gates Um I think Brian mentioned him, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho was sensational. Um, I actually had the, the pleasure of seeing him play play against us as a young man for for, uh, for Paris Saint-Germain when we played them in 2000, and 2000, was it 2001, something like that. He was only a kid at the time. He played with... Uh, Playing the same team as Mikel Arteta, if I remember right. And we beat them on penalties. Um, almost saw him again playing for Brazil against Argentina down at the Emirates. Um, when I was down in London, they were playing each other in a, in a friendly. And uh, my girlfriend was ex- was really excited because she loves Goofy, as we call them. And he didn't play. He played against, he played against, he played against Wales at White Hat Lane on, on, the, on the Tuesday, but he didn't play that day, so she was gutted. Uh, so what's that? Is that three I've got there? Yeah. Three. Um, I would say, well, I don't know. For, for me, Gaz has got to be up there. I mean, I know we played with us, but Paul Gascoigne was just absolutely different class. And my greatest ever, and I don't care, I'll, I'll probably get slaughtered for it. My greatest ever for me, Davy Cooper. I mean, my my absolute my absolute hero. Probably never really world class, but uh, yeah, and <laughs> Anton Ant- Ant- Rogan. Absolute brilliant, James. Yeah, Anton Rogan. Absolute bombskier. What is it, Andy Grace famous commentary? You just can't do that in your own penalty area. No, no, you know, always um for youngsters like Davy who probably think who the fuck's Anton Rogan? He was a <laughs> very, very poor Celtic defender who always gave us a penalty. Always <laughs> penalties gave us a penalty. were bad, and now you should have seen it back then. He was just relent- relentless for giving us penalties. <laughs> he really was. He really was. Oh. So right, Paul Gallagher's come in with one Brian. While right. we're on the subject of players, best goalkeeper at Ibrox. Now I don't know. I'm assuming that's not best Rangers goalkeeper because I'm not opening that that box. No. I'm just no. not opening that box because the answer is Andy Gorham. Yes. Right, and that's that one closed. So the best goalkeeper you've ever seen at Ibrox that that wasn't that hasn't played for Rangers. Jesus Jones. Um. Well, I'm going to jump in there and say, Anderson. you know, in terms. Don't you don't you dare say Andy Gordon for Hibs. No, I'm going to say, in terms of their career, it has to be Buffon when he was there with Parma. And the reason that I'm going to put that forward is the fact that the night he was in goals that night, he was actually wearing a Rangers goalkeeper jersey, and he actually got the print of. Parmalat put on top of it by Jimmy Bell because their goalkeeper kit clashed with our kit and the referee's kit. So he was actually wearing a really a Rangers goalie kit that night. So Buffon in close second, I know no, this is maybe going to shock a few people. But I thought see the Braga goalkeeper, Mateus, I thought he was outstanding every time he played against us. The Brazilian boy, fantastic goalkeeper. I wanted us to sign him as the replacement for McGregor. Don't get me wrong, I'm really happy who we've got now, but I thought Matthias, as somebody that's kind of went under the radar, was a fantastic goalkeeper who played against us. 
Brian? I'm probably going to say Khan, actually. I thought Van der Sar played at Ibrox, but I don't think he has. So, Oliver Khan, for me, he was, yeah, he was a, a legendary German goalkeeper. He was, he, he did some amazing things. I mean, obviously, when we played them, he did the old um, coming out of his box and he did what he did with Moles, but I don't think it was deliberate. I think it was just a pure accident. But, um, yeah, just for just for his longevity as well. I think Cam was in goals for, for Bayern for some something like near 20 years. So, um, yeah, by, uh, Oliver Cam for me, definitely Ibrox. Right, Mark, quickly, best goalkeeper you've seen playing at Ibrox against Rangers. Then you can ask answer Ian Barnes' question of the most underrated Rangers player ever, in your opinion. Uh, Schmeichel, for me, best uh, best goalie I've ever seen. Outstanding. What a, what a goalkeeper. I don't think he really gets the the kind of praise that he deserves, to be perfectly honest. I think that he's for years and it's not even not even like like some goalies at the moment have had have had a couple of good years. Schmeichel was a world class goalkeeper for ten year, twelve year plus. So for me, what a goalkeeper. Um done everything. Uh, good shot stopper, um Good distribution of the ball back in the days when it wasn't it wasn't any it wasn't a decent distribution for any goalkeeper. Um, um, done everything well. Came out for the ball, as I said, for me, probably great at penalties as well. Um, what what a goalkeeper! What was the other question then? Most underrated player at Ibrox. Oh, I would go to somebody else. Come back to me, but I let me think about that one. Jesus. Right, while he's while he's thinking about that, right, go on then, David. Most underrated Rangers player ever. This is an easy one for me, Wolf, because I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. David Robertson, what a left back, absolutely superb. Championship league winners medals, mentality, play, attacking fullback beyond his years. Arthur Newman gets put on this pedestal, but for me, David Robertson eclipses Arthur Newman just. A born winner, a fantastic player, somebody who that we signed for Aberdeen and then took us on again to the next level. So for me, Davy Robertson, a far underrated player, and for me, a Rangers legend and fastly underrated. Brian, I know you were going to say David Robertson. Quite easy for me as well, Stuart McCall. Uh, Stuart McCall's my underrated player. I think he did a lot of dirty work during the the period that he was at the club, he was left right back. He was centre centre midfielder. He was everywhere. Um, an absolute. Me- I, I would I wouldn't like to have played against him because he looked an absolute menace. Because he just never he never seemed to stop. He was like the sort of Judicial bunny, just kept going. Um, but yeah, for me, Stuart Robertson, uh, Stuart Robertson, Stuart, Stuart McCall just doesn't get um a lot of credit. Uh, you know, he gets overlooked for the likes of you know. Sunis, Durant, Gascoigne, um, and the, the the likes. So yeah, for me, yeah, Stuart McCall definitely is, is one of the most underrated. Right, Mark, what have you come up with? Left field, Claudio Reyna. I think Claudio Reyna. We never realised how good he was until he left. I think he was a absolutely brilliant player. Same again, done everything well. Uh, goal scorer, tackler, super fit. Um, never injured. Great team player. Um, Done everything well. Done everything he was ever asked. To. If he was asked to play it right back, he'd do it and he'd be good as a right back. Playing midfield, he'd be good in midfield. Um, as I said, I don't think we realised how good a player he was until he left. 
but yeah, Cloud Arena, definitely. Other one was probably the same as same as Brian Stuart McCall. Yeah, for for me it's Stuart Monroe. Um I think I don't think Stuart Monroe got the nearly the credit that he deserved. I mean he's he's he saw off numerous managers soon as came in trying to get rid of him. And he was still there. He just couldn't he just couldn't get him. He signed loads of players to replace him at left back was signed with Malawa for I don't know if I can bang bang a balls to set a wet tracks or something something ridiculous like that. And uh, he saw off a number of number of players in his position. So Davey, it's probably a bit unfair to ask this question, but Ian Barron's on fire. Your your worst Rangers player ever. Thanks. Now I'm gonna reframe I'm gonna reframe that, right? Player that you really didn't rate. I wouldn't say not necessarily the worst, but for whatever reason you didn't rate him. Ah, to me, uh, it has to be uh, the McLeish era, and uh, I'm I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go for uh, Francis Jeffers. I mean, it was heralded as some sort of you know wonder signing from the Premier League. And what an absolute donkey. And that's me being kind to Francis Jeffers. I mean, he couldn't trap a ball. He had absolutely zero touch about him. He was heralded as this sort of fox in the box. And that is the sort of mantra that followed him throughout his career. But he was absolutely woeful. In the same season, we had obviously Egil Ostenstad, Nuno Capuccio, and it was a very turgid, it was a it was a turgid season. But I think you know, for me certainly, I mean, at the start of that season as well, we also signed Felipe Maniero, uh, and then he was released from his contract before we even kicked the ball. It was just such a bizarre season. But for me, Francis Jeffers is by far the worst player I have ever seen in a Rangers jersey. I have to take issue with one of them because Nuno Capuccio won a medal in Seville, so we'll get we'll give we'll give him a give him a free pass for that, right, Brian? Going in, you're chomp, chomping at the bit, although it's probably already been said. Yeah, it's probably it's it has been said because I've said to you before in the getting to know you pod that this guy was my biggest letdown after we signed him, and it was Nuno Capuccio, and um, not long and just won a medal in Seville, as you said. Came to us, I was expecting massive things, and my God, could he not run? He was the slowest slowest winger I've ever seen, um, or whatever he was meant to be. A, he was a forward of some short, some short, and just could not, could go on again. He was so slow. Um, as I say, I was expecting big things when he came from Porto, but he was an absolute letdown. So, yeah, for me, Capuccio gets it, the nod. Although... I do get. I do doff my cap to him for getting his medal in Seville. Mark. Oh, um, there's a couple of <laughs> we could be here all day. Um, you, I would, I would, I had mine in my head. You asked, a, you used to ask a question, and uh, getting to know you, Pod, about who it was that you know that you didn't rate that you just didn't didn't like. You just didn't. didn't take although him. he was yeah. a decent player, you just didn't take to him. And yep. and I kind of get that out of my head, um, because obviously everybody was shocked. If you, I don't know if you remember who I said. I think I so do. Everybody yes. was shocked, but, but probably the worst, worst Rangers player I've ever seen. Man, has been a few stinkers, man. Um, probably biggest disappointment, um, for me, Oleg Salenko. And I think that watching him in the World Cup, and thinking we have just signed the top goal scorer in the World Cup. For him to come, and I was so excited about this wee guy 
um, was going to bang all sorts of goals in, um, and what a letdown. The other one, probably, and probably no, I'm doing a, a disservice, a bit of disjustice, uh, Sebastian Rosenthal as well. I was so excited about that wee guy coming in as well. Zach Samuels. He got uh, injured, didn't he? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So no fault he's on, but still. But yeah, Salenko for me was, I thought he was just going to score goals for fun. Um, And it just never. (laughs) That's a bottom line. And we paid a lot of poppy for him as well. Um, And such a, such a disappointment. Um, Really, really disappointed with it. and I, and I put it's one of the ones that see how see how that signing just just grips you and, and you get a fire in your belly and stuff and you're like oh he's going to be brilliant and but I was so so disappointed in him and to this day I'm still I'm still I'm still disappointed in like cycle if I were meeting him tell him yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of names coming up that are giving me a bit of PTSD yeah. I mean you've, you know you, <laughs> Mark, you mentioned Salenko St- Stefan Givas I'd forgotten all about Stefan Givas French World Cup winner. French yep. World Cup winner couldn't kick, couldn't kick his own ass for us, you know. I mean, Paul Paul, Paul Ritchie, Paul McGarry was going to be Paul Ritchie signed for about forty days, signed him from Hearts, never played never played a game for us. Then we sold him, but that was a good bit of business. I think we signed him for nothing. We sold him for about quarter of a million pounds, so that was a decent bit of business. I think. Um, so that's unbelievable. We've managed to get over an hour on this, which on Christmas night is absolutely superb. I can't thank everybody enough for. Uh, Coming away from whatever they were doing for their, their Christmas evening and uh, enjoying us. The chat's been absolutely brilliant. As usual, I can't read and talk at the same time, so the comments have been all over the place. I've missed a few bits and pieces. Um, but there was there was one there I saw from somebody and I, I started it and then I, did, I got rid of it. I can't remember who asked that. It might have been Craig. can't remember. Um, given the current situation and assuming, Brian, that we win on Wednesday and that lot beat Dundee tomorrow if the game's on, would you take a draw on Saturday? 100% I would. Because the state of our injury list, um, the lack of numbers in the squad, um, going there with no fans, um, yeah, I would take a draw right now. Just purely the fact that it's where, we're, you know, it looks like, you know, um, Goldson went off injured on, um, the other day. So the numbers are getting worse and worse. Um, there doesn't seem to be a sign of anybody coming back anytime soon. So yeah, I mean, I I reckon if, if we could get out in and out with a draw, that would be that would be a, a good effort. It really would. Mark, would you take a draw over at the Chamber of Secrets? I, I hate even thinking about drawing with him. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think psychologically. The win would be massive, massive, absolutely massive. It would be a proper, proper marker. Um, and it would proper put them right under pressure. Um, same with Brian. I'm worried about the amount of, amount of injuries. I think that if we went there with a full squad, I would be very, very confident about turning yeah. them over and turning yeah. them over properly. Um, my concern is we're playing a right back in midfield and we're playing Dill that's although he's been played played well the last two games, he's only played the last two games, and that's my concern. So when you look at a bigger picture, probably coming out of there with a draw, to live to fight another day, being being a point ahead, um, I would take it. Yes, I would take it. But as I said, for me, I think we're a different animal now. I think our mentality is far, far stronger. I think probably 
the only way we're going to accept a draw is the reason we're sorry, the reason we're going to accept a draw, and all of us probably will say the same, is because of the state we're midfield. Um and up front as well, we've got one fit striker, realistically. We're playing two out of don't get me wrong, I remember going there and we are we are makeshift makeshift team and, and doing them before, but I think that would take a draw. I would take a draw as it stands, yes. Davy, are you in the same camp as the boys, or are you all, all out win win at all costs? Well, I think the thing about me is it's not really important what I think. I think I don't think the manager will accept a draw. I think he'll play to win, and I think that's the difference now. We are going into games with belief, and we've not had that in years. We've got a Rangers manager now who is a proper Rangers manager who gets it, who buys into our ethos, who knows that it's win at all costs and winning is the most important thing. So why not set the bar high? Um, Yes, it will be difficult. Of course it will be. We've got a depleted squad. But let's look at them. They're no great shakes. They can't sign anybody before the transfer window starts. So, you know, they have lost recently to Kilmarnock. Are we a better side than Kilmarnock? Yes, we are. So why not go there and let's go for the three points and let's get back to being what Rangers is all about, winning and winning championships. Yeah, 100% agree with you all. I think a draw wouldn't be a disaster. Um, I think it's the least that we'll get. We've got to go out there looking for a winner. And I think we will go looking for a win because that's the manager's psyche is win every game. And the good thing for me, Brian, particularly after yesterday when that very professional performance and probably the worst football conditions I can ever remember, the manager was was all about the win. It wasn't the performance. He didn't really seem bothered about the performance. It was all about the win, which is what we really, really need. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's obviously appreciating the magnitude of, you know, the, the sort of pressures that he's under. Um, and, you know, but let's be honest, when you've seen the win yesterday in the rain, Let's be honest, we all just wanted three points and getting out of there. Um, it wasn't a day for pretty football. Um, I think anybody that was expecting pretty football yesterday and or sorry, uh, yesterday and being disappointed, well, I don't know what you were looking for because it certainly wasn't going to happen yesterday. Um, it was a case of get the goals, get in, get out, and hopefully no injuries. Unfortunately, the, the latter didn't quite happen, but we got in got up early doors and never really looked in trouble after that. So yeah, he's there's there's certain games that you go into and you want to play well and you know a bit of style, but there's certain games that like yesterday you just want to get the three points and get out. Right, Brian, before we before we go, we have got a game before then because we've got a game on the twenty seventh, uh, which is Ross County Ibrox. So you're gonna give us one of your wonderful score predictions and the first goal scorer for that game before we all head off and do what we need to do. I'll go 3-0 Dessers. Okay, Mark. 2-1. I think it might be a, a, a tricky one. 2-1 one and I think Dowell. Okay, maybe. 4-1 Sima. Okay, oh nice and nice and succinct. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go four nothing. And a goal from Opening goal is going to be from John Souter because he's going to come in for Conor Goldson, who I don't think will play even if he's fit. Because it, I think that would be folly to play him because he's been off an injury yesterday. That's just my own opinion. Um, and Souter likes to go with a header from a set play. So we'll go for that. Lots and lots of things in the chat. Uh, 4 nothing from Matt Gunner. Ian Ross, 3 nothing Dessers. Davy P, 4 nothing Dessers. Keith Drummond, 2 nothing McCausland. 
Uh, he's postponed. It's Ibrox. It's not going to get postponed. Hopefully. Uh, there is a chance their game might get bagged tomorrow right enough because Dundee's game get bagged with Aberdeen on uh, Saturday, which, from a football fan's point of view, is ridiculous because they binned it at two o'clock. But since it was Aberdeen fans, I thought it was really, really funny. But, um, three, three tough penalties. Superb, Dixie. So, once again, thanks very, very much to everybody who's joined us tonight at this impromptu Christmas night um, Rangers Rabble podcast. Um, we could probably go on all night, but I don't want to get the wrath of people's families from their wife when they say their wife they've been up and away for 10 minutes. Um, I know Mark's got more of that that zero Guinness to put, put down his neck seeing as he's stuck offshore. Uh, Davey needs to go and get Stephen to forget he was at his mother-in-law's today. Brian, I'm not even going to ask you what you're doing with your cat there. So, Brian, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for your time. Mark, not a problem. enjoy the rest of your trip offshore. All the very Davey, best. We'll see Merry you Christmas, soon. guys. And once again, everybody, thank you very, very much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe. Do all that nice stuff. Tell your pals about us. And if we've helped you while away an hour or so on Christmas night, then our job here is done. See you later, guys. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.